I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Welcome to this bonus podcast of Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott, my co-host Jim DeRogatis, and if you want to be the first to hear our bonus podcast, become a Sound Opinions member on Patreon. Jim and I have a ton of music that we uh, cannot get to on the show, so therefore we created the bonus podcast to get to even more of the stuff we love. Jim, it is your turn to paddle out to the desert island today and play us a record you cannot live without. Can you give us a hint? I'll give you two hints, All right, Mr. Good. I'm going to talk about an artist who was the crucial bridge between the disco explosion of the 70s and what dance music would become in the 80s and up to the present, and one of the saddest tales of a pop music legend dying. That's too bad, Jim. I'm curious to hear what you're going to play for us. We're going to hear that in a minute on Sound Opinions. We're back, Jim. What song are you going to add to the Desert Island Jukebox today? Greg, I am going to play a song by the great Tina Marie. Lover right. girl. Lover girl, right? I slept on Tina Marie for a long time, and then she was tainted for me by a couple of rock critics, Rick Kogan and Chuck <laughs> Eddy. You know, Chuck Eddy famously included Tina Marie among his list of the top 10 metal artists oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, all time. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, what the heck? And then eventually I got one of those Tina Marie best of, and I was like, oh, this is a great artist. I should know better than to ever let critics mm-hmm. uh, steer me away from listening to something. And so I dug deep into Tina Marie's catalog. And this young woman, born Mary Christine Brockert, initially signed to Motown, championed by funk master Rick James, sort of a problematic artist. She had a troubled time, I think, on Motown, despite making a lot of great music. Initially, they were reluctant to portray her in any of the marketing materials, show her photo, because they wanted the Motown audience to think she was black. And in fact, she was a young, a diminutive white girl mm. who had an incredible incredible soprano, you know, that sounded like she was a African-American diva. The early recordings are pretty strong, a little Rick James uh, over-influenced, and she was, in her own right, a great songwriter, a rhythm guitarist, a keyboardist, a percussionist, and I think, and I don't know if this is controversial among Tina Marie fans, I think she really came into her own when she left Motown and makes her first album on her own for a new label in 19. 1984, Starchild. It was her sixth album overall, but I think it's her strongest, and it produced this song, her biggest hit. Shoots into the top ten, only stalls at number nine, but it's a great song, Lover Girl. It is a young woman expressing her sexual desire, a little, more than a little, unsure of herself, but kind of trying to psych herself up into getting what she wants, and what she wants is this lover in front of her. And, you know, it starts with an incredible couplet. Coffee, tea, or me, baby. Touche, ole. My opening line might be a bit passe, yes. But don't think I don't know what I'm feeling for you. What is she feeling for you, Greg? She just wants to be your lover girl. She just wants to (laughs) rock your world. And in the space of about four minutes of a great dance single, right, you hear kind of the music shift from classic 70s disco into a more genre-blind dance music that Mm. will begin to build throughout the 80s and into the 90s. I hear a little house in there. There is a freestyle rap at the end. There is this staccato kind of robot uh, vocal thing that she does right before the freestyling, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's like, wow, this is where EDM is going to go. No vocoder on Tina Marie, but it sounds 
smells like a robot. I mentioned her tragic death, and I was unaware. I knew she had passed, but I didn't know how. Apparently, she was on tour, I think, or a promotional thing or whatever, in 2004, sleeping in a hotel room. And one of those awful pieces of hotel room art, a big picture, the frame, it fell on her head while she was asleep. And she then suffered seizures uh, Mm. on and off for the rest of her life and apparently died of one of these seizures in 2010. She was found dead. There was no trauma or anything. It was just, it seems as if she was alone and had one of these seizures. This time she did not recover. I mean, isn't that a, that's a sad, sad sad story. And people who know Tina Marie's work love her and consider her one of the greats. I don't think she's as well known as she should have been, but I just told you at the beginning not to listen to critics. So don't listen to me. Listen to this song, Lover Girl by Tina Marie. Lover Girl from the Star Child album by Tina Marie. You were a fan too, weren't you? These bonus podcasts are worth it just for me to find out that you are a Tina Marie fan. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved her music. To find that you are equally smitten with her is a, a well, revelation. What, 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 what show number is this? I still always feel like we're barely scratching the surface, right? I don't want the Desert Island Jukebox picks to always be pegged to either something in the news or, sadly, the passing of an artist, right? Although I I guess I was talking about death in this one. So I didn't know what to choose today. So I opened a drawer of the CD bin, right? You know, Mm. I got this huge (laughs) credenza. And unlike you, I would rather unload all these CDs, give them to a school or something. I just don't need them anymore, right? You know, 10,000 of them or something. And I just closed my eyes and did the finger down and I pulled out. Tina Marie! There you go. It is a rainy, it was this morning. The sun has come out, but it was a rainy, horrible, cold. We're in for the rotten weather in Chicago now for a good eight months, right? You know, and I was like, oh yeah, this is going to make my day better. Tina Tina Marie, Marie, brightening your day. That's right. If you've got thoughts on this episode, listeners, start a conversation in our Facebook group or leave a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org, or better yet, become a Patreon subscriber. As always, Sound Opinions is produced by Alex Claiborne, Andrew Gill, Sol Delgadillo, our intern, Mary Bernthal, and our social media consultant, Katie Cott.